Welcome back to Unscripted. I'm your host, Lindsay Amarine. I had the opportunity to meet someone this week who is creating positive, disruptive waves in healthcare. Martin Van Triest is the president and CEO of Civica Rx, which is a nonprofit company whose mission is to ensure that essential generic medications are accessible and affordable. They have partnered with healthcare systems to reduce drug shortages by ensuring that generic drugs are affordable and available. They announced recently that they will be manufacturing insulin that will cost no more than $30 per vial and no more than $55 per box of the five-pin cartridges. Martin has been named one of the 100 most influential people in healthcare. Civica RX has some bold plans for the future. You'll hear about those and more on the company. Please enjoy Martin Van Triest and Civica RX. Hey, Martin, how are you? Good, Lindsay. How are you? I'm good. It's nice to virtually meet you. I'm excited to talk with you about Civica and all the things that you guys have going on. Maybe just to start, you know, how did you guys form? Um, and I, I've read different um, scenarios in terms of um, kind of coming from Inner Mountain, and, and that's how it forms. But uh, be interested from, from your end of uh, how it started and then how you got involved. Yeah, I, w- I would say that. Um... Civica started because of the passion and persistence of one gentleman, a, a man by the name of Dan Lilliquist, who was the chief strategy officer at Intermountain Healthcare. And just one day out of the clear blue, my phone <laughs> rings. I look at it. I don't know who the number is. I normally don't answer those phone calls, <laughs> but something just compelled me to pick up the phone and answer it. And it was Dan. He proceeded to tell me about this idea he had to create a nonprofit generic drug company. And the more he talked about it, the more I was intrigued. And I said, well, you know, it's an interesting concept. You know, tell me more. He said, well, he's going to have this meeting in Utah, in Salt Lake City, bring in a bunch of advisors from a very diverse background. So there were, of course, people from health systems. There were academics, there were politicians, there were people from the pharmaceutical industry. And we spent a couple of days really banging on the idea to kind of say, would this work or not? And after the meeting, I went up to Dan and I said, look, don't get me wrong when I say this, you know, running a health system is really hard and complex and complicated, but so is running a pharmaceutical company and they're completely different. So don't create this company with just a bunch of health system people running it, because I think you'll fail. And so that idea generated a series of meetings between Dan and I, and me giving him advice since I had retired and I was happily retired. One day, Dan called me and says, they're gonna make a big announcement in September that they're gonna launch the company. And I was sitting on the phone and it's middle of August. And I said, well, who's your leadership team? Who'd you hire? Like, I haven't heard anything. He goes, no, no, we haven't hired anybody. I go, well, you can't launch a company with no employees. And he said, well, will you hire me the leadership team? So I went out and hired him the, the, the foundation of a leadership team. And then I said, well, who's your CEO? And he says, well, we don't have one. I said, well, you can't have a leadership team with no leader, <laughs> you know, a leader. I went and got him three candidates to talk to. 
And then at that time, there were four health systems actively engaged in trying to start. Intermountain was the one taking the lead. And they, they swiftly came back and said, no, 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 we want to do a national search for a CEO. And, it, you know, we want to do it, you know, that kind of way. And I said, well, that's fine. But, you know, you got all this wind behind your sails now and you got a leadership team. You're going to make this big public announcement and you're going to lose the opportunity to really make a, a quick strike because it's going to take you a year to find a, a good CEO. So I said, well, let's let me go back and think about it. And then called me one day, says, we got the answer. I said, oh, great. Which one of those candidates? And I said, you, did you pick so I could talk to the other two? Yeah. We want want you to be the CEO, Martin. And I said, no, 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 no. (laughs) I don't want to do that. One, I'm happily retired. And two, you know, I didn't go to CEO school, right? I mean, that's not my, my background, right? I'm a manufacturing guy. You know, I started my career as a research pharmacist doing formulation development, working with our plants, mm-hmm. and then went to work in the plant, then led some plants, then became the head of quality of a plant, then led the quality organization for a large company. So I was a, I was a manufacturing guy, not a CEO. And so this dance went back and forth for about five days. Yes, you can do it. No, I can't. Back and forth. And eventually, the weekend before they made the big public announcement, my wife, who was also a pharmacist, tapped me on the shoulder and said, look, you have a passion about this. Why don't you go and do this for a period of time and get them started? So I promised them I would get them up and running, spend six months at the company. You know, that was four years ago. (laughs) I will say that that lasted a little bit longer than than six months. It did, but Intermountain was very instrumental in helping the company get off the ground in terms of, you know, providing funding, office space, resources, until we actually became a, an official legal entity of our own. When you started, you really, the business model was that you would partner with health systems and they would contribute some sort of funding into the company. And then in exchange, the thought was that you would be able to provide whichever medications you were making back to those health systems sort of as a right of first refusal. Is that, would that be accurate? It's, it's a very, uh, it's an interesting way of describing it. So Civica was set up to be a self-sustaining business model. So once we got up and running, we had to sustain the business ourselves. However, it is a partnership with, with health systems. It's more of a cooperative. Okay. So we all work together with one common goal and one common mission. And then we originally started to solve drug shortages and the predatory pricing that associated with drug shortages. So the health systems agreed to put up the initial capital to fund the company. But after that, we had to be self-sustaining. And that model has proven to work really well. And it's, it's a kind of a really unique perspective from my, my standpoint, because my customer is in essence, my owner. So it's yeah. a unique, it's a unique situation where the owner and the customer are the same person. So it's been fun and it's a, it's unique opportunity. And we've done a lot of work for our members to help them make sure that they don't suffer with drug shortages or they suffer less with drug shortages. Well, and drug shortages for me, you know, they were going on 10 years ago and they they started to kind of peak 
it was like, it wasn't a new thing, but like the volume of which they were coming was definitely more. And then I know that at least for me, I thought, oh, this will subside. And it's just a, you know, it's like a blimp in the radar and then they'll go away and we won't have this problem anymore. And it just keeps happening. <laughs> if, if nothing else, almost getting worse at times um, before it gets better. So you're definitely filling in, in a gap um, that is very, very helpful. Um, you, you know, you mentioned that it, the kind of the mission is to be able to create those affordable medications and make them accessible for everyone. I, I noticed that you have the new drug, well, not new drug, but new for you all of insulin. Um, it's certainly been around for a long time, but seeing those predatory prices um, that are just continuing to, to increase. When you guys make a decision like that, like what kind of what is your process for kind of deciding on which medication you're going to do next and um, which one that you really want to focus on? So if you look at Civica, we have we're like a we have three arms of the company. The original piece, which was to serve hospitals, mm-hmm. and we have a drug selection advisory committee made up of all the members of our governing body, and they sit on our drug selection advisory. They basically tell us what drugs we should be looking at and what drugs are their priorities. And then we look at those and decide if one, can we do it technically and can we do it in a sustainable manner? And then we work with them and say, yes, we can do that or no, we can't. And then they give us another product to work on. We started a retail pharmacy support group called Civica Script. And that was set up by payers. So payers have put up the capital to start Civica Script solely to go after drugs that have unbelievable price spreads between one pharmacy outlet and another. And so that's the mission of Civica Script. has really nothing to do about shortages. It's about that predatory pricing. And the third part of Civica is our foundation. And our foundation set up to listen to other individuals who have a need for us to produce a product, but they have nowhere to go to get it produced. And so Civica Insulin came through the foundation. Very large donors came forward together and said, we want you to do insulin. What is it going to take to do that? And we said, if you want us to do, they want us to make three versions of insulin Glargine, Aspart, and uh, Lyspro, right? So Umalog, Novolog, and Lanthus. Mm-hmm. And they wanted us to make those. And we said, look, that's going to take about $125 million. So we set to work together, set up a fundraising campaign to raise $125 million from very large investors. And we're well on our way of getting there. We have over two thirds of the money already in the bank. And so we're actively engaged in pursuing all three of those compounds with a partner called Genesis, who is actually making the active ingredient. And then Civica will turn it into finished product in our plant in in Petersburg, Virginia. And then we'll distribute it to any and all outlets that can dispense insulin. So it's not a member only thing. It's to everybody and anybody since it was put forth by by donations from very wealthy donors. Well, that's fantastic. And it definitely is needed 
because it it just kills me that it's a drug that is life saving for patients and the cost keeps going up. I mean, they don't have a choice. You can't just scale back or choose not to do it. And it's been around for so long that it that just doesn't make any any sense. I, I think to to the to me that's in the profession, but also to I would say most of the patients that have to take the drug. On yeah, the, so if you look at the pharmaceutical supply chain, there are many. It's not homogeneous. There's so many different active parts working there, and all of these things that we talked about: drug shortages high-priced insulin, price spread between retail outlets, all have a different root cause to why that's going on. Sometimes it's related to the manufacturer. Sometimes it's related to the middleman in the supply chain. And sometimes it's related to the, the pharmacy outlets. And so for us at Civica, when we say we're transforming the market and being disruptive, we first have to understand where that transformation and that disruption has to happen. And if we think about insulin, clearly there's no innocent player in the supply chain for the price of insulin. But if you look at financial statements from let's say Lilly and Sanofi, their net price of insulin continues to go down, but the list price of insulin continues to go up. And that delta is all is all because of rebates to PBMs. And so for the big three insulin producers to get very favorable formulary treatment, even sometimes more favorable than a biosimilar in a generic version, they pay bigger rebates. And so that's what that net, that net price coming from the manufacturer and the list price listed is because of that rebate. Now you have to say, where does that rebate go, right? right? As a as a patient, right? I know it's not coming to me. <laughs> right. I, I don't yeah. go to my pharmacy and they say, "Oh, Martin, you want to pay cash?" Oh, PBM's giving you a big rebate. It gets washed in the system somehow, and that somehow that lowers the cost of healthcare for us. But there's no transparency, so no one should believe any of those stories because there's no transparency. And Civica believes in transparency. And we believe in it so much that on our insulin, we bring it to market. We're going to publish and put in our labeling the maximum allowable retail price on any pro any insulin product we sell. So it's $30 a vial or $55 for five pens. As a patient who goes by insulin and you go and they tell you it's going to be $100 or $200 or $300, Right on the labeling, you'll have access to know that now that should be no more than $30. And so we're going to create that transparency through the supply chain. And so does that effectively reduce that middleman? Does that take them out or are they still involved? They just, their delta would not be as much. Well, we won't provide them a rebate, right? That's not the, what we're going to do. We're going to make sure that at the dispensing pharmacy, gets an adequate and fair dispensing fee that's in that $30 and $55 price, but we're not going to pay rebates because we our belief is we're going to give it to you at the lowest possible cost. So right. I don't need to rebate it to get it on high on the formulary. It should be there because it's the lowest possible cost. Right. 
totally makes sense. I mean, the the whole rebate world, as you get more and more into it, it becomes very complex and twisted. And you're right, there is definitely no transparency in that. And and so on the on the Civica script side, when you say the retail outlets and, and the pricing um, that in terms of the spread that's between those, will that also have that same transparency that sort of this is the, the maximum type of price or, or this is what it, it should be listed at? All of our products that go through Civica script into retail outlets will have the price in our labeling, the maximum allowable price. And, you know, it'll be a QR code on the labeling or, and in the product leaflet and on our website, we'll be publishing that information. So patients now have that knowledge and that knowledge provides the power to the patient and it takes it away from the pharma company, from the middleman, from the wholesaler, right? Because that knowledge is power and that's where it should be with the patient. No, that's awesome. You know, I know that um, we have companies like the the Mark Cuban Cost Plus that's coming out. Are those considered direct competitors to you? Or would you think that what you're offering is, is different than that? Well, first and foremost, anybody who's trying to fix this marketplace, we welcome them and we applaud them. Yeah. This marketplace has so many opportunities for people to get involved and to help fix it that we don't view um, anybody who's trying to fix it as a competitor. Matter of fact, we, we're not concerned about market share, right? So we don't care how much market share we have. We look at market impact. How have we changed the market? So if I just have to say, I'm going to do it, and the marketplace fixes itself because I say that, I'm very happy with that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to sell a lot of product, right? right. Now, the facts of the matter is, we don't have that market impact until we actually make a, you know, hurt someone competitively. So we have to be in the market. We have to be participating, but market share is not how we measure ourselves. We measure ourselves by how we change the market. Well, even just that philosophy, I think will have a market impact because I don't think that that is a philosophy that many others share. I think most people look at market share and that's what we always hear about, but I do think having that market impact is actually going to make a true difference to to patients and and really in the entire profession that we see today. It's clearly the difference between a nonprofit approach yeah. and a for-profit approach. Right? For-profit companies have investors and shareholders that need to be rewarded for taking those risks and chances. Nonprofit companies, we don't have to do that. We don't have a shareholder. We don't have an investor to have to get a return on what they've provided us. So we're able to operate at the lowest possible sustainable cost. Now, I I love that model. And I think what you all are doing is definitely going to have a market impact. You did mention that you came out of retirement for this and you were happily retired. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, and you know you were recently named um, Modern Healthcare's in in the list of Modern Healthcare's hundred most influential in healthcare, and uh, clearly just based on your path, that probably wasn't um, what you were thinking going in. Um, but when you did get that call, what were your thoughts when when you got that call um, and and being in that 
in that list. So, you know, I'm not one that chases accolades and awards. And I would have to say that award was not so much for me, but the team of people around me to make that happen. And it was really fulfilling from the standpoint of bring a team of people together, like-minded individuals who are passionate about a mission, being able to make an impact and being recognized for that impact. So to me, it's not my award, it's the team's award. And I was really proud to see that the team was able to be recognized in that way. No, absolutely. It definitely, it was a, it was a, it was a team award and and even seeing, I think, Civica on the list, at least for me, knowing about the company and how you all started um, was even rewarding from someone just being in a health system, um, knowing that that was kind of how, how it started. Well, you have to think when we first started, uh, we were taken for granted that, I mean, one CEO of a company said, quote, unquote, what do hospital people know about making drugs? Clearly, that individual didn't understand what we were doing and who was involved. And it was really rewarding to have such an impact so fast. And I, I, I tell you now, we're not being taken for granted around the <laughs> sure. insulin. And people are they're standing up and watching and trying to figure out how to, how to make us fail, right? How, we, yeah. how not to make us be successful. Yeah, that's the downside when you do start making an impact is um, others will will try to uh, see ways to not make you as successful, unfortunately. You've got the three lines of business now. Um, You guys are are doing great things. Is there anything that's kind of coming on the horizon or that you're really excited about coming up in the future? Insulin is something we're really excited about. (laughs) So from my perspective, uh, I've always live by this mantra is pick three really important things, do them well and get them done right before you take on the fourth and the fifth and the sixth thing. So for us, these are three things we're working on. How to continue to solve drug shortages for our members. How do we get Civica script up and running and be successful, understanding that supply chain really well, and then launching insulin. And so once we get insulin more under our belt and and more confident we're going to deliver on our promises, then we'll look for something else to do. But I, I, at this point in time, I would say there's nothing coming that's as big as insulin, right? I mean, insulin is the big day. Yeah. And that, that launches 2024. That's 2024. Yep. Awesome. Well, definitely the quality over quantity is always better. Um, So I agree with, with that approach of making sure you whatever you're going to do that you do it really well to start out with. You know, I've worked in the pharmaceutical industry my entire career, right? And even before the pharmaceutical industry, when I was younger, before I graduated from college, you know, I worked in pharmacies, you know, so I've always been in touch with the healthcare business and starting Civica was a way to really solidify my, my drive to serve patients. And so when you look at Civica, our number, our purpose as a company is to do what's in the best interest of patients. And we believe that serving patients is a privilege. And that privilege comes with significant responsibilities. And one, that means we have to have quality medications that are always available 
and that people can afford, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what the whole company is about, is serving patients and doing what's in the best interest of patients. Well, I think anytime you have a group of individuals, like you said, are very passionate and you have a purpose-driven mission, it's a nonprofit. And I feel like all those pieces are, are what we all hope to achieve and, and hope to be a part of. And then when it you have all of them and it works, I think that just drives people even more. And I, I would say what you're doing is is definitely working and exciting. And hopefully, and hopefully it starts a trend where more nonprofit pharmaceutical companies can enter the market and be successful. There are others out there, but have the impact in certain areas like Civica is doing. Yeah, I definitely agree. I hope there are many more to come, as you said, and you're not seen as competition, um, but hopefully changing the market for the better. Well, I yep. appreciate the time and um, it was great to to speak with you today. So good. Right. Very nice meeting you, Lindsay. If you yeah, ever you need, well. then give me a call. Will do. Thanks so All much. Right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Unscripted Podcast. If you love it, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. 